0: Greetings and welcome to TW Now. I'm Scott Winnale. Welcome back to our returning audience as well. As we mentioned last week, this short program is pre recorded because our staff is away celebrating the annual fall or autumn holy days, as outlined in the pages of your Bible. Specifically, this week we're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles and the Last Great Day. We'll resume our live programming next week. This week we're going to discuss the biblical Feast of Tabernacles and Last Great Day. Many of you have likely heard of the Feast of Tabernacles, as an increasing number of groups who call themselves Christian are now keeping the Biblical Holy Days. Today we'll focus on what the Bible has to say about the Feast of Tabernacles and what it means for all humanity. We're going to mention the last great day, but we're not going to focus that closely on this very closely connected Holy Day in this program. We'll leave that for a future program. Today on the program, we have with me Mr. Jerry Ruddleston to help discuss this exciting topic. Mr. Ruddleston is a long-time employee of the Living Church of God. And specifically for this program, he brings with him decades of experience, not only studying the Feast of Tabernacles and Last Great Day, but actually practicing them as well. Welcome. It's good to have you here on the program today. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Today what we're going to do is, as I mentioned, talk about these holy days, but let's just as a way of review, uh, especially for those who haven't joined us in the last couple of programs, can you go over real quickly what the holy days are in the Bible for? Why does God outline them? Why does God give us these holy days? Believe it or not, they actually reveal the very plan of
1: God. Like, wow, that's kind of exciting. And the plan of salvation for mankind, and the outline of prophecy. It's all right there, just like a little thread all
0: the way through the Bible. That's exciting to me. Um, the, the The phrase, if we lose track of the holy days, we lose track of the plan of God, really resonates with me. Because when we look at much of worldly Christianity today, uh, they don't see the plan of God mm-hmm. in the detail that they could see if they understood the holy days. And as we talk today in this program, hopefully it becomes even more evident why uh, studying and Keeping and celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles especially is so important to understanding God's plan for us in the future. Maybe you could briefly uh, just review the meaning of the last two Holy Days, the, the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of
1: Atonement. So we've kind of backed up here a little bit. We've had two other programs because we're now in the Fall Feast time. In the Spring we had the Holy Days that are an important part of the plan, but now we're switched over to future events coming up, which is the Feast of Trumpets which is the blowing of the trumpets, representing several things, including the return of Jesus Christ to this earth and the resurrection of the saints. And then we move on to the Day of Atonement, which culminates with Satan being put away for 1,000 years.
0: And that's where we pick up with this holy day. And that's where we pick up with this holy day. Christ is king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He has returned to the earth as we fast forward. Uh, Satan the devil, the previous god of this world, is bound. With His demons, they can no longer influence the world. Now Jesus Christ is free to begin His kingdom. And He will be right here on this earth with His saints. That is so exciting as we think about it. As we jump in here, let's go back to, and just review briefly as we've done on the previous couple of programs, God's commands related to the Holy Days and specifically the Feast of Tabernacles and Last Great Day. To do that, we go back to Leviticus 23, Mm -hmm. um, a book in the Old Testament that Paul included as the inspired Word of God. Second um, Timothy 3.16 he talks about how all of Scripture is inspired by God and we can use all of it for doctrine and that's something that Paul did and Jesus Christ did and the disciples did. I
1: find it interesting that sometimes people think well the feast stays well, those are something that just the Jews did or should do, mm. and they're, they, they have a great misunderstanding that you're going to delve into when we hit Leviticus 23. Well,
0: yeah, in fact, Leviticus 23 verses 1 and 2 talk about how these holy days are feasts of the Lord, the eternal. Mm-hmm. And that individual who's being referenced as the Lord, he says, these are holy convocations or commanded assemblies, and these are my feasts. But the Lord is the one who became Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he inspired Moses to write this. And he's the one who's saying, these are my feasts. They're not the feasts of the Jews, although the Jews do keep them to some extent. But they're his feasts.
1: They actually are the feasts of the Jews and the Gentiles. and, and,
0: that's, <laughs> and what's everybody. A, that's what's exciting, too, because in the kingdom of all God, of Israel. All, will, all will be keeping that's these right. holy days. The Israelites, the Israelite-descended peoples, and all the non-Israelites as well. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm going to do is actually jump down Leviticus 23, verse 33. God begins a discussion of the Feast of Tabernacles. And He says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Again, the Lord here who spoke to Moses is the one who became Christ. Mm -hmm. He spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be a Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. So, the fifteenth day of the tenth month, this is on the Hebrew calendar. Typically, this time falls uh, near the end of September and into October, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how the calendars overlap from year to year. It changes just a little bit every year, but typically September, October. These are the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days. So unlike most of the previous feasts, uh, the exception is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day feast, yes, as opposed to a one-day feast says, verse 35, on the first day there shall be a holy convocation, or commanded assembly. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made to the Lord by fire. We, we don't do that anymore. Uh, a physical offering of an animal. Uh, we don't have a priesthood anymore or a, a uh, temple. <clears throat> on the eighth day, it says, "So the feast of tabernacles is seven days. That's correct. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation, another commanded assembly, and you shall offer an offering on this day." Verse thirty-seven: These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to an offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Um, verse thirty-nine: It continues, "On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you've gathered." In the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord seven days. On the first day, there shall be a day of rest. On the eighth day is a Sabbath day of rest. And, and that eighth day actually points us forward. We'll, we'll get to, um, actually, we can go to John chapter 7. Sure. It, it points us forward to the last great day. Uh, the last great day falls on that eighth day. To me, this is a very exciting passage because
1: it actually talks about Jesus Christ keeping this day, he was actually doing it, and his his message for mankind is almost mind-blowing when you understand what the meaning of the last great day actually is.
0: Yeah, your, your comment about Jesus Christ keeping the day or these days, uh, we don't have to read all of the verses, but in verses 1 through 10, we see an interaction with Jesus Christ and his brothers, and and we see that Even the crowds expected Jesus Christ to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that he came and he did away with. This is near the end of his earthly ministry. And he is going up to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. He actually preached at the Feast of Tabernacles. So it's, it's not something he did away with. It's actually something that he did. That's right. And John 7 really proves to us that Christ kept the Feast of Tabernacles even at the end of his ministry when he could have changed it. But he didn't. Do you want to deal with uh, John 7 verses 37 and 38? Sure. John 7 verses 37
1: and 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, which is where we get the name, the the last great day, Jesus stood and cried aloud, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus, Christ, Jesus was not yet glorified."
0: So, what does that mean to you? The rivers of living waters flowing from Him and the meaning of this last great day.
1: Well, we know that and there's, there's other passages too that we, we, we can refer to. But this day means to me that God's plan of salvation, I keep going back to that too, for all of mankind actually culminates with this day, because think about those who have lived for since the beginning of time. Did they know Jesus Christ? Mm. Did they know Jesus Christ? How about those, especially you think about those who live in in, in Asia and other places uh, and other other uh, non-western, do they know who Jesus Christ is? There are some who say that they are condemned, but but Christ is actually going to resurrect them, and they are going to know God and Jesus Christ. It's, it's and given His Spirit, by the way, the rivers of living water.
0: Yeah, he's eternally fair, isn't He? Everyone's going to have an equal opportunity to not just know a name, but understand who He was, why He came, why He died, why He was resurrected and be given the opportunity at eternal life in the family of God as we Mm -hmm. talked about on the Feast of Trumpets show. So this last great day pictures everyone who's ever lived who's never had the opportunity to know the truth being resurrected into physical bodies to begin with not to have a second chance but to have a first chance to That's get right. to know Jesus Christ. This is going to happen, interestingly, at the end of a 1,000 year millennial period where Jesus Christ is reigning on the earth. But the Feast of Tabernacles... Which is what that 1,000 year actually pictures. Exactly. It's, yes. it's before this it's last before great that. day. So let's let's dig around and let's talk just a little bit about the Feast of Tabernacles. And let me just ask you, as, as you look at it, uh, you, you probably have some scriptures that might come to mind related to the Bible uh, describing what this one thousand year period of the reign of Christ, actually, and the saints on the earth, is going to look like. This time, pictured by, or, or this time when Satan the devil. And the demons that we learned about on the Day of Atonement will be banished for a thousand years and have no more influence. Oh, yeah. It's, it's
1: very, very exciting. I want to take one step back just for one second, though, and just fill in another little detail. Mm-hmm. Something happens on the Feast of Tabernacles is that we actually go to temporary dwellings mm. and that we have, we have saved a, a, a tithe of what we... Earn And God said actually go and spend it on what your heart desires. And you can read about that in Deuteronomy 12. I'm just inviting the audience to go Mm -hmm. and do that on their own to see that. But it's a very, very exciting time. We go to places where God has put His name. And that can be anywhere. And all the exciting places that my family has been able to go to Mm -hmm. celebrate this feast. but what it actually means for us. So that's now, enjoying a physical thing now, but at that time during the millennium,
0: let's turn to Isaiah 2. You know, as as we go there, let me just jump in with with that thought that you had about the temporary dwellings. One of the names of the Feast of Tabernacles is the Feast of Booths. That's right. um, Or the Feast of Ingathering is another one. Why do we go in temporary dwellings in a place that God says to go to, uh, where His people come together for a week, uh, spend time going to church services in the morning to learn more about this millennial period, uh, learn more about what it means to be a family. The idea with the temporary dwelling has to do with the fact and a reminder that we are sojourners on the earth. We're, we're temporarily here in man's society. Man's mm-hmm. society is not permanent. The Feast of Tabernacles points us to. Some permanence, permanence of Christ being on the earth, permanence of His kingdom being on the earth, never again going away, and so it, it makes it exciting in that way it, and is a powerful reminder.
1: There's so many facets to the Feast of Tabernacles. We could probably go on for hours and hours and hours about it. And in fact, one of the exciting things is because it's a seven-day festival, we're hearing mm-hmm. several sermons that can that goes into each different aspects of the Feast of Tabernacles, mm-hmm. and you could go year after year after year and hear something new you never even heard before mm-hmm. about it. The Bible has so much to say about it. Let's just jump over to Isaiah 2, just to hit one little, one little passage here that I find is interesting. Because right now, Jerusalem is a hotbed, is it not? Mm-hmm. A, almost a divided city. Uh, God, re- God refers to it another place. It's almost a millstone around your neck. Mm-hmm. It, it is at this time. But Jerusalem is going to be the headquarters where Jesus Christ will actually be. He's actually going to be in Jerusalem. And he says that all mankind will go up to Jerusalem year after year to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It's there in your Bible. Mm-hmm. But, so Isaiah yeah, in two, Zechariah chapter 14. That, that's right. And, but Isaiah 2 kind of mentions that too. It says now, uh, we'll start reading in verse 2. Isaiah 2 verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Eternal's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the eternal, to the house of the God of Jacob. He shall teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the, the law, and the word of the eternal from Jerusalem. Tells us where that mountain actually is. He shall. Well, we could can, we can continue reading on and on and on and on about it. But it's just exciting to me that at that time that all nations will go up to Jerusalem. To hear from the eternal and given us, us what the
0: law is, it's, it's what a time, what a time. You have to imagine that Jesus Christ himself is going to be ruling and reigning on the earth. Revelation 5.10 tells us that the saints, the ones who are resurrected on the, the, day of, or the Feast of Trumpets, are going to rule and reign with him on That's the right. earth during this period of time as he establishes his kingdom, as he works with... Um, some fleshly human beings that live through the Great Tribulation to teach them His way. I think that's the the exciting thing when we begin to understand the Holy Days. Then Scripture and what could be obscure Scriptures begin to make sense. And we realize, wait a second, some of these um, passages, they're not just fiction. They're pointing us forward to this millennial period pictured by
1: the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah, well, another thing I love about this passage in Revelation 5 is that it actually points out in verse 9, I'm just going to read a little piece of it, and have redeemed us to to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. These are not feasts of the Jews. These are feasts for all of mankind. Yes. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we will reign where? on the earth, yep. during the millennium.
0: yeah, not, not in heaven. Not in heaven. But on the earth. Because Christ is bringing his throne to the earth, to Jerusalem, as you mentioned. Yes. One of my favorite passages pointing forward to this time and giving us insights is also in Isaiah. I, the book of Isaiah has so much millennial imagery. It certainly in, does. Po- millennial meaning millennium, a thousand, a thousand years. <clears throat> but it talks about some interesting things, wonderful things happening at this time. Isaiah 35 talks about how the, the fearful hearted won't be fearful anymore. It talks about those with weak hands and weak knees are going to be strengthened. It talks about how the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf shall see and they'll, they'll hear. It talks about how the deserts of the earth will no longer be deserts. You're going to have streams in the desert. Uh, you're going to have um, uh, deserts that will blossom like a rose. And you've got also talking about how the ransomed of the Lord shall return, where? To Zion, to Jerusalem. Singing. These people that have been in some kind of a captivity are going to come back and rejoice before God. And even the very
1: nature of animals is going to be changed during that time.
0: Isaiah 11, that's another one of my favorite passages. Sure is. The the wolf and the lamb are going to lie down (laughs) together. What does that mean? At at peace (laughs) and not eat each other. Yes. Just awesome, awesome. And a little child shall lead them. Yes, huh. that little child who's also the parents let play uh, with those animals, <laughs> with the animals putting its hand on the den of poisonous snakes, sure. it's just incredible vision that God begins to give us into what this holy day points us to. And it really yes. is a blessing. You know we don't we're running out of time. We don't have a lot of time to go into much further, but uh, I would like to recommend to our audience. If you haven't already gotten a copy and read our, the Holy Days God's Master Plan, please do that. Jo- join us. Uh, check out the website, tomorrowsworld.org, and you'll be able to find it there. As we wind down here, let me ask you just a final question. Any final thoughts that you have regarding the Feast of Tabernacles? Anything you'd like to leave our audience with? It's a... I wrote it down so I
1: wouldn't I would say it correctly. When you keep this feast, there's an abundance beyond abundance of physical and spiritual blessings. But notice what I said at the beginning, when you keep this feast, Mm. we're kind of saying it as a a thread throughout what we're talking about here, but to understand God's plan, you actually have to keep the feasts, all of them. And it's truly amazing and truly, as you truly come to understand them and truly believe that this really is the thread of prophecy, Mm. what a time it's going to be. Yeah. And what even happens after the last great day? We, didn't, we, we, don't, we don't have time to go there. Right. But that's when the Father comes back to the earth.
0: Yeah. And that's outlined in the scripture as well. That it sure it's actually is. actually there. Well, thank you for joining me on the program today, for sharing your thoughts and your experiences and your excitement about the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day. Again, as, we, as I talk now, we are actually away celebrating these holy days. The Feast of Tabernacles is clearly outlined in your Bible, as is the last great day. Its command was given by Jesus Christ anciently in the book of Leviticus. The holy day was kept by Jesus Christ and His disciples in the early church, as we've seen. And God expects us to continue keeping these days today, as He explains in Leviticus 23. He says it should be a statue forever throughout your generations. The sad reality is that when we lose track of God's holy days, We begin to lose track of God's plan for mankind, something that has already happened to the vast majority of those who call themselves Christians today. To find out more about the Feast of Tabernacles and the Last Great Day and all of God's festivals, we encourage you to, again, check out the booklet, God's Holy Days, or the Holy Days, God's Master Plan. You might also want to read the world ahead, what it will be like. This booklet goes into detail regarding the millennial period of the thousand years that we've been talking about today. And you can read or download these on tomorrowsworld.org. You can find us right here again next week for TW Now, where we ask big questions and look for real answers related to news and prophecy in your life. Next week, we'll once again return for our live programming of TW Now, and we hope to see you then.